Thanks to AEC Infinity for sponsoring this episode. They have the best grow tent kits on the market today. You get their ion board LED grow light, their grow tent, their ventilation system, clip-on fan, and their controller 69 to control it all. You also get their fabric pots, a trellis net, plant ties, and trimmers. Definitely a good price for all that you get in the kit. I'll have a link in the description section below so you can learn more about these grow tent kits. And the discount code THESTASH15 works on both Amazon and their website, acinfinity.com. Hey, what up, boys? What up? What's up, guys? Good to see you. Back see at you it again. Up. Welcome to From the Stash Podcast. It's your boy Rob, Mr. Grow Pigeons 420, a wink on the ones and twos. We are here today to talk. So we do. Something we so, specialize in, I think it's fair to say. I you know, know what? I, I like to talk. <laughs> used to do that introduction of us every single episode and then we just I stopped never, yeah. doing it now it's like never do it anymore but bringing back uh memories there memories <laughs> yeah as it came out it felt nostalgic i'm like we haven't done this in a long time boys even though we just last week we're here but yeah <laughs> yeah I haven't. nobody ever knows we just got back from vegas what are you talking about we go there every week to record a lot of these episodes well it's weird so. like how you'll watch like tv shows or movies and people have their catchphrase or their thing like that you know what I'm saying? Like, PZ even gets like, yo, we'll be kicking it warm, kicking, kicking the flag warm. You know, I'm a little baked, but it's a, uh, it's like a catchphrase or a slogan. I feel like the intro kind of was ours and like, we just forgot about it. <laughs> we we're like, oh yeah, that's right. We're, you guys know us by now. <laughs> Jump to the assumption that people know who we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you don't, yeah, this is Chris, AKA Mr. Crowett, Pigeon420, myself, Rob. And we, uh, we're gardeners, consumers, but also advocates of the lifestyle. Today we're going to talk a little bit specifically about the garden, and it's a subject that I don't love, honestly, because I hate having plants like that. But these long growing sativa, heavy air quote, uh, flowers. Yeah. Now you guys yeah. got experience with those? Man, it's yeah. funny. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was going to say I'm I'm growing one right now, and I think that actually is what brought up this topic. Is last week we did a live stream and. Um, it came up and we're like, we can do a whole video on this because there are, really are a lot of unique things with these longer flowering cultivars or strains. Uh, if people want to call it a strain, right? We we can go in that battle of strain versus cultivar. I know there, you get comments in the comment section where people are like, I'm never calling a cultivar. Stop calling it cultivar. It's strain. We all know it is strain. The word strain actually isn't a botanical term. It's used for microbes and viruses. Uh, so it doesn't really hold any meaning when it comes to plants. However, that plant that we all know and love, that it's often used as it, right? But um, the you know the proper term is cultivar. I think a lot of people are saying cultivar more often. Um, the Oxford Dictionary describes it as a plant variety that's been produced in cultivation by selective breeding. And really, that plant that we all know and love has been selectively bred throughout many many years. So yeah, hear a lot of people talking about cultivar, but strain cultivar we use it interchangeably here in this episode um, so long flowering strains long long flowering cultivars the way you grow them is different than shorter flowering ones right and i think it's i think it's a fantastic topic we're going to get into a lot of things this this episode yeah i totally agree and you know it's funny because there's only a few things that i've tossed to the wayside since i started gardening one of them is autoflowers the other one is topping my plants and the third one is growing long flowering cultivars and the reason for that is because it just does not fit into my perpetual gardening style not to mention you can get equally fire product 
with a much shorter flowering time. So unless it's for like some nostalgic or some kind of experimental reason, I can't quite pinpoint why anyone would want to be growing a long flowering type. It, it, it for me, just throws a wrench into a system where I'm very, very uh, systematically getting harvests every eight to 10 weeks. I don't want to have, you know, a Maui Wowie that goes 13 weeks. That just for me is just counterintuitive and, and prolongs my process. I think a lot of it is based on, uh, you know, what science is getting to is the terpene you're going after. You know, unfortunately, in the legal world, whether it be botanical or uh, commercial consumption, we'll say everybody's still stuck on indica sativa smoke, strains. Like, man, uh, working with, with Franklin made my stomach turn whenever everybody would be like, strain card, strain card. I'm like, it's a cultivar card. Stop calling it a strain card. And they're like, I'm looking for, we're, we don't want anything too sativa-leaning. I'm like, yeah, but for the growth-wise. Like, no, this one finishes in eight weeks. I'm like, that's not a sativa then, playboy. It's, you know, science, and the science is, is uh, I wouldn't say subjective, but in some cases like this, it's not accepted by everybody. It's not widely accepted. But indica and sativa have been debunked in terms of the cannabinoid. There's no indica cannabinoid or sativa cannabinoid. It's going to be more botanical, if anything, or else leaning towards your terpenes and flavonoids that'll give you that characteristic that'll lean sativa-like or indica-like. But when it comes to growth, a sativa-like plant, traditionally, those of us who, who've grown for a while, we know they're lankier, they're thinner leaves, and they're longer flowering time. But with all these hybrids, it's not always guaranteed you can have something that looks sativa like but doesn't grow sativa like you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have that lanky flowering time so let's go into like a little bit of the tips for those who actually do have the sativa plant like what what do you guys do in the past when you've dealt with sativa plants or currently with chris what do you do in that early training thing anything different from a regular hybrid or, or indica well one of the plants i'm actually growing right now is a longer flowering and it's leaning towards the sativa side of things uh actually i I wish i never planted it uh i didn't really know that it was going to be a longer flowering strain until after i planted it so (laughs) i guess i should have uh probably looked a little bit deeper into it Uh, all the other plants i have in the tent are like eight nine weekers and then this one is going to be like 12 maybe even 13 weeks so do the math on that that's like 20 maybe 30 days longer this plant is going to be growing versus eight to nine weaker ones. So, uh, you know, I know some people have made the mistake in the past of doing their two week flush too early, right? They're the people who still believe in flushing. I know controversial topics. Some people believe in it. Some people don't believe in it, but if you do believe in, you do that flush or cut off nutrients. If you're cutting off nutrients at week six, week seven, because you think it's an eight or nine or weaker, then <laughs> you're going to get a lot of leaves dying off with the pistols still being white. And then, uh, yeah, you, you really have to just continue feeding all the way up until, um, you know, several weeks, you know, t- week 10, 11 plus you're still feeding. Um, so I don't know if that it really answered your question. or not. Uh, that's just one thing that, uh, you know, in regards to growing these longer flowering strains that you have to really keep an eye out for. Well, like I'm thinking, I, I was almost trying to just make the point of like, ain't a whole lot different until the flip i feel like but the the difference is is knowing all right i'm going into flower i'm going to flip next week well when you're flipping the flower you're really not flipping the flower with these sativas they're going to veg for another couple weeks up to four weeks and they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger so you got to kind of account for that 
increase in size. We always talk about that when you flip, you have to account for that. But even more with the sativa, it's lanky. It's going to keep growing in that flowering phase for a little longer than what you anticipate because it takes longer to start flowering. It just gets bigger and taller and bigger and taller. And when you're in a tent, it's tough. Like I'm getting ready to move my garden over here just because I need something easier and more convenient to be right in my space. Probably going to cut it down to maybe a two by two in the tent in the closet and a four by four to take up my whole office over in the corner. And I'm having to consider that fact is like, well, I don't have a bigger space that I can stretch it out and lay it flat now and have this big, long sativa that's a big tarantula in the tent with a, a trellis net because I'm limited to two by two or four by four versus the four by eight that I can stretch all the way out. So it really makes you consider your space as a factor and your timing as a factor. And that's where it all comes into place more versus the indica or hybrid growth that you traditionally see, at least for me. That's exactly what I'm going through right now is, like you said, the, the veg growth is very similar. Once you do that flip, that's when uh, this particular strand, it's Hades Throne by Zaza Genetics. A big shout out to, to Zaza. Um, it's something special to him. I mean, I don't know what the actual cross is. I know one of the parents is a land race. Um, and so it really, I think it's a hundred percent land race on the sativa side of things and the tarantula type growth that you mentioned is what I, what I experienced. Do you know what I mean? It stretched for four weeks. So four weeks of stretch. I didn't think it was going to stretch that long. Four weeks of stretch it flowered, started flowering later than some of the other cultivars that were in there. Um, it, I didn't really account for it. You know, I, I, if I knew that it was going to stretch that long, if it was going to grow that much, I would have trained differently. You know, I definitely would have trained differently. Training differently is very important. And you know, you, you want to harness those first four weeks because you can use that in your favor to, if you're going to do a scrog, even if you're just training in general, you can fill out your tent significantly in that first few weeks of flowering. Um, you also got to take your food into consideration as well, because as you kind of touched on earlier, Chris, uh, you know, when it comes to the later portions of your flower, you're going to be starting a l later nutrients at an earlier time. And that's going to really mess things up. You're going to have yellow and leaves when your pistols are still white. So I, I, I personally like to extend the, the first couple weeks of my veg or sorry, my flower nutrients uh just a couple weeks so that i can keep up so that i can still apply this is assuming you know that it's a 12 13 weaker just still try to aim so that you're again i'm speaking synthetically i try to aim so that my week eight nutrients on my feed chart land on the week 12 or 13 of the flowering cycle and then work backwards from there so they just extend the earlier por portions of your bloom nutrients to fit that earlier time in the in the in the during the flip isn't it crazy when you look at some of the back of the bottles and it says like two week veg time and then like here's all your you know you start feeding this heavy right here i'm like whoa 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 my plants don't like that and my plants also want to veg a little bit longer than that i'm not in a commercial setting it, it like it's prime example of what you're saying there like i i one time use my veg nutrients into flower flip into the flowering cycle and kept the veg nutrients and i swear it veg for six weeks like it needed less nitrogen it needed a switch i needed to trigger it besides the lighting cycle to be like hey stop i'm catering to your veg growth well it did switch to flowering it seemed like my nodes were a lot further apart the next time around i just took my first two weeks of flower and turned that to four weeks of flower and my, my nutrients with synthetics with organic though the last time i did it, it was a little tougher it seemed like the plant was hungrier quicker like it ate everything up within that time period because again, I had a flowering based 
soil mix that I put it into. So I was assuming it was going to take what it took, but it really is vegging even with that light condition for another few weeks. It's growing and growing and growing. And you'll notice like areas of leaves, even if you measure the leaf size, the leaves increase a little bit. Like it's, it's crazy how those grow. And I used to think, oh, with a sativa, I've got an extra four weeks of flowers. Look at all the more buds, you know, they'll yield more. It's like, not necessarily. You just get a bigger plant. The plant's grown more. You have the same amount of time flowering. It just takes longer for it to flip. Now, some people will swear by, you know, wanting it to manipulate some of those things to have it flip quicker. But I feel like a sativa is a sativa. You don't want to necessarily try to stress these plants out too much. Because again, once you're in flower, your window of healing is gone. You, you got to ride it out. And that veg time, you can keep working and working it. But just know the more you veg that big sativa, the bigger it's going to get. You know, it's almost like you want to start those short and squatty, knowing it's going to potentially triple in size, putting it into flower. So it's that, that nutri the nutrition regimen, the training, and the timing, are I feel, are more crucial with a sativa, a botanical-based plant, than it would be with an indica. You know, have a lot I wouldn't, of freedom. I wouldn't have spent half the amount of time with my Maui Wowie in veg if I knew that it was going to be so long in the end. Because that girl, I ended up turfing it, because that girl ended up being five feet tall, you know, five six foot ten and it was just it was a, a, a an absolute panic so yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna take that that training and that veg time into consideration throughout the entire process of that plant um so that you don't have any you know ro roadblocks or or hurdles to jump over it sounds crazy but when i first started i consciously tried to get a sativa to have a staggering plant to have one that i harvest uh three four weeks later you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, I'll never run out. I always have this. But size-wise, it never worked in my canopy. I'd have one that was just this tall freak, and then I'd have to have my trellis like laid halfway down to make it work. I feel like when you're going to grow, if you know consciously you're going to grow a sativa, you almost want to just grow sativas in that run. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure you're treating them all and to flip the same. You're knowing that you're going to be, if you're using the trellis especially, you don't want to cut a portion of your canopy out it's, it's a real headache if you got a double canopy or double trellis too for your canopy because then you're trying to weave this big lanky plant out of there. But getting it into that flowering space, well, your indica is not going to blow up. It's not going to get taller. I mean, it's going to maybe 50% larger, even maybe double, but it's not going to grow like the sativa. So it's made me reconsider if I ever do run into sativa, I'm only growing the sativa. It's only going into flower. I'm not going to have a bunch of variety in there. Smoke-wise, I wouldn't mind having those sativa traits, you know, maybe the more citrusy uh limonene the, the poppin flavor that i don't see all the time but hybrids are getting those people are taking these sativa cultivars and they're breeding them with super you know strong indicas that grow seven eight weeks and they're finding the right you know medium but you'll still find those sativa characteristics in the plant that still will finish earlier the skinny leaves the, the, the breeder will call it a sativa dominant or the company has has called a sativa dominant would you still treat those plants the same given that that flowering time is different just looks different or would you treat it like an indica then at that point yes no um yeah no, like, I, no. you have to you have to take all the traits into consideration before you start growing so you don't have any surprises along the way i want length i want that that stretch in con taken into consideration for my training when it's going to start to stretch so that i know how much to train in preparation of you know it's i, I if i know it's going to be lanky come that flip i'm going to make sure when it's going into flower that everything is down 
You know, she is flat. She is spread out. So that first little bit of time is spent on just correcting herself rather than shooting up, you know? So it, there's definitely things I want to take into consideration. If I know she's not going to spend that much time stretching, well, then maybe I'm not going to spend that much time ensuring that she's spread out flat before I flip. You know, I just want to get it spread out and tops facing upwards. So, yeah, yeah, I want to take all these traits into consideration. See, the reason I ask is because one thing I've noticed, you know, with the thinner leaves, the more rigid leaves versus the fatter leaves, I see a lot less bushy sativas. I don't have to do nearly the defoliation. I don't have to do maybe a little bit more low stress training to get that bush out of it. But I, I literally have to treat it like I'm growing a whole different plant, let alone the same type of flower, we'll say. Um, it's tough, man. I don't like it. It's made it so some of my harvests have, have suffered because I put all the attention into something that's going to be a perfect. I, I put uh, I put too much attention into training one plant, and then I don't take into consideration. Well, that indica isn't going to blow up more. I've made that a little ball. It's a little globe. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to necessarily get me my yield that the sativa could get me because I know it's going to double in size, triple in size yet. So that's where that that growing monocropping almost. I don't go by monocropping if I need all just the same genetic in there. It's the same type of genetic. Are the indica or sativa growers? You know what I'm saying? The headbanger was a lot more of a sativa grower, but it was an indica smoker. It took about nine to 10 weeks to finish, but it was a little more lanky and skinny. The Scooby-Doo was a little thicker. When I run those together, one would suffer for yield every time. When I did it by itself, I'd get the best of both worlds. It would yield, it would look good, and smoke good, of course, always, but... It seemed like the biggest factor for me was knowing how that plant's going to finish. It's tough when you got a bag seed or a clone that's new or something that you picked up because you don't really know. You can't plan. But if you have an idea looking at it, you can't just look at the plant nowadays and be like, oh, that's a sativa because of those hybrids and these different characteristics. So you really got to plan more than ever if you want to have success when you're growing something like a sativa. When you, yeah, when you're growing these longer flowering strains, I mean, Pete kind of touched on it earlier with the scrogging. That's a benefit. It can be seen as a benefit to where you're going to have a strain that stretches longer for a longer period of time. You have more time to spread it throughout the netting and fill up that space, right? So uh, there's a lot of people that are probably listening to this that do the scrog technique and would appreciate having the additional time to stretch the plant out across the entire net. And then uh, I know everybody kind of does it differently as far as when to stop that stretch period, but uh, I've stopped the, I'm um, sorry, stop the bending down into the net and then just let it just kind of grow up. But uh, yeah, it definitely could give you an additional time to do that spreading throughout the net. So then uh, when it does start to flower and it stops stretching, um, it could be all filled up grow space and be prime time ready for flowering for however many weeks it's got remaining. I feel like that's between an auto uh, you know, traditional cultivar, indica, sativa. If you do all of the right steps based on that particular genealogy, you're going to be able to get the best results. No matter what, if it's not a good yield or this, that, if you treat that single cultivar right, knowing, hey, I got to give it extra veg time to have it be thicker, or hey, I've got to put it in sooner because I know it's going to stretch more, or I've got to, you, you got to know what you're doing. Almost that first run is the worst run, in, in my opinion, at least. We've talked about it before, Chris. We don't train our plants a lot the first time. So I want to see how it's going to grow. I want to see the characteristics versus, you know, some I know they prefer topping. They prefer low stress training. They prefer this, that, the other thing. If I know what it prefers immediately, I get the best results immediately. If I get a clone from a buddy, if I've seen it grow, like when I got uh, the sherb from Franklin, I was able to, I knew how that grew there. 
with the shwazing techniques and all that they were doing. And I was like, I think I could do a little better at home because I'm in a, a single home grow tent. I can low stress train it. I can trellis it out. I can make it a big plant. I can really work it how I want to. You know, you don't really know until you see it grow. And different environments are going to have different impacts on it from HID light to the LED light, you know, the intensity of the nutrients to the organic side. The biggest factor for me is always how long is it going to take to flower? Because then I know my window. I know how long I've got to work because I'll still keep training it in that four week flip. You know, but if, if I don't know, I'm going to treat it just like I would the other plant. I'm going to treat it like my indica dominant or the plant that I know traditionally grows X, Y, Z. So I consciously avoid sativas for this reason, because I, it throws me for a loop. I don't like sativa smoke by the end most times, not because the, the traditional effects that people will say, because everybody's endocannabinoid system is a little different. You know, sativas don't make me all wired and not coffee. Indicas don't knock me out like I'm on Zans or something. I, you know, it's different. But I don't really love that sharp, zingy sativa flavor that I get often, or the hazes or things like, you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm after. So I don't traditionally look for those things. I feel like it's, if you know what kind of smoke you want, that's going to be your first starting point. You know, it's like, hey, are you willing to sacrifice a little bit of your time or your, your garden because you like that type of smoke? And if not, disregard the entire episode because you don't, sativas aren't you. But if they are, well, you have to take into consideration that little bit of pain and suffering will say, and that's that stuff that P was like, that's not even in my mix. Well, if that terpene was, sure as hell would be. You'd be like, ah, I love that smoke though, man. Like I'll go on one of those every once, like if it was the Dreadnought OG, if that was a 10 to 12 weeker every time, you're like, Whoa. Yeah, I would, I would, a year. 100%. And I would actually grow it all the time. But what all I would, I would just take into, cons the only reason I turf it to the side is because it doesn't fit into my current schedule or my current routine. But if I knew going into this that... I was going to have a 12, 13 weeker, then I'm just going to plant more 12, 13 weekers, you know, and then on that way I can, you know, I'll have some variety. I'll throw in, you know, if the dreadnought was, or I throw in some Maui Wowie, I'll throw in, you know, the, uh, the boondocks or, or not the boondocks, that's uh auto. But what did you say you had from Zaza's there, Christopher? Um, uh, uh Hades throne. It's actually, Hades. I'm looking up right now. It's dead ops. OG crossed with Persian Prince. And I believe the Persian Prince is the land race. Okay, so so I, I I would I would I would I would just make sure that I did a little homework beforehand. I prepped my garden in a way that I know that I was going to be able to get the harvest through through the entire stage, and then you know have more than one uh, uh, long veg time cultivar, so that at least this way I'm working together. Or if I want mass variety, then I'm just going to take that feed into consideration and that stretch into consideration. That's all. But for myself. I, I'm I'm only growing maybe one or two different different cultivars for variety, so it's it's going to help me. I train my plants. I, I'm looking for something that's going to give me some material to twist around in a net to tie down to the pot. Uh, it, it's tougher for me to use like the you know the 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 bushier ones, the the, the squatter ones, because they don't really get all that much higher. So you really got to remove a lot of that potential great flower or a lot of that potential bud site to maintain a top when when in reality if you didn't train it you could probably get taller colas that would amount to the same that it took to spread it across the tent if that makes any sense so as someone who trains I i'm looking for those lengthier traditions or uh, uh, taller uh uh traits well and that's where a lot of times i notice sativa buds have those lankier colas those spears they may be like fluffier and not as dense but they're spears 
walkie-talkie for the kids make sure you know. uh yes this this moment brought to you in part by family also if nice you guys family. didn't know we record these episodes live weekly on twitch twitch.tv slash from the stash come join us every single thursday i'd give you a time to join but it sometimes changes typically it's 1 p.m central but come join influence the conversation which helps gives us cheat codes all the time and you can give your input on flowering times and what do you prefer sativas indicas and what helps you advance your garden uh when it comes to training and question for the chat. Do you feel like it's kosher to put to lock your office door when you're filming your podcast and the kids out there and be on it or just push in the door and then forget to close it? What do you think? <laughs> I'm on the other floor. I'm on an entirely other floor. You gotta uh, like yeah. yeah. I mean, I pretty much am. There's so much space between it. It just will come busting my son is going, Hey dad, you notice this blue Lego's a little darker than this blue one? <laughs> It, 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 you'll lock it, but then the boom, 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 boom. Exactly. Boom. I feel like that's almost worse than him just popping it open and coming in. But just as surprised as that, as surprised as those, the, the back to the epi, is the indica and sativa dominance. I've gotten plants, cultivars, where I've gotten beans, and it says, well, some will lean, they'll finish closer to this. Some will finish closer to this. You guys ever gotten that? Yep. That's the worst for me. Because I don't know what to plan for. I'm like, do I plan for this to be that sativa? And then it has those traits of the grow. I remember, shout out to Weedner, RIP, man. Um, I had TJ Subcool Vortex. And that one, everybody's like, oh, yeah, she'll be done eight weeks flat. And then I had another buddy who's like, man, mine takes about 10, 11. I was like, no way. There's nothing in it that would make it take that long. Sure, I happened to get that one. And it, it did it, all the sativa characteristics, but it grew like an indica. It's weird, man. But it's hard to plan for that. I was going to say, that's the hardest to plan for, you know, but if you have some of these things in mind and you know that maybe that first run won't be the best, but you'll know you like the smoke. So you cloned it and you're like, all right, this next one, I'm tackling it sooner. I'm training faster. Uh, when I flip, I know that I'm going to re I'm going to do a second trellis maybe, or I'm going to do another line of training, or I'm going to do default. Either way, you're going to know some sort of tactics to tackle it on the second run. Usually the first one's tough, but the second one is the best in my opinion. So I've always been blown away that Pete doesn't clone his plants half the time where I'm like, that's insane. You did good this run. Imagine how much better you'll do the next run, you know, because now you got familiar with the cultivar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I often, yeah, don't clone great genetics gone to the wind. I do want to clarify something that I spoke about earlier, which I don't want to mislead anybody into thinking that all land races are going to be sativa dominant all land races are going to be stretchy all land races are going to be longer flowering right so the, the land race that i had or that's in this cross that i'm growing the hades throne um that one is a longer flowering cultivar right? a longer flowering strain um but you take uh compared to pakistan valley which is a land race which is what i've used on my chill out og cross that's a 55 day flowering period. You know what I mean? It's an indica, hundred percent indica, 55 days to flower. That's it. So um, not all land races are created equal. Um, there are certainly some differences between those two. Um, so I just want to clarify that. Another thing I want to touch upon is the feeding. So in particular, if we get a little bit deeper into that, um, I know a lot of people grow the organic side of things. Usually with eight weekers, for example, uh, a lot of people I know, they're using organic blends. There's so many different ways to go about it. Some people are using compost, worm castings, individual amendments. But a very popular method to grow with organic inputs is the organic blends. It's a blend of amendments. And you typically do an initial blending 
of the medium to begin. And then usually it's like every 30 days after that. So people will do like, they'll do like 30 days or 40 days in the veg stage. Then they'll, they'll do a top dressing before flipping a flower at the flip of flower. Then every 30 days from there, right? So 30 days into flower, you're doing a top dressing. And that's usually it for the eight weekers, right? You're usually harvesting after that. Well, these longer flowering cultivars, you're going to have to do another feeding, right? Around day 60, you're going to have to hit it again with another top feeding. If you don't, nutrients are going to be depleted from the medium. And of course, it depends on what size container you're in. If you're in a large bed, it's going to be a lot different than if you're in a three-gallon grow pot, for example, or a five-gallon grow pot. But generally speaking, you're usually doing another top dressing around day 60. That way, it will get you to day 80, 90, however long that that uh, that strain is in flowering for. So just want to mention that, particularly with on the organic side of things. Um, so that's another reason why you really need to be aware of like how your genetics grow. Talk to the breeder. Get information from the breeder. How long should this be in flowering? Because once you have that information, then you can plan a little bit better. I dealt with that with my headbanger and the, the, my, the first time I ran an organic uh, grow. And it was me not realizing that, yeah, it finishes at 10 weeks, but I still need to finish, you know, feed it properly. I got more of a fade than I've ever seen on anybody's organic plants because it was hungry. Like it wasn't because it was like, oh, I just crushed it. It's like, no, Headbanger never looks that way to finish. It's normally pretty green when it finishes. This one was like reddish, yellowy and just dying off, you know, but it was because I didn't reamend it. And honestly, if you're going to be, whether you're reamending or top feeding or even doing some sort of a... Uh, microbial teas to try to extend the food that's in there i feel like in a super soil or an organic mix it's only beneficial because you're going to reuse that soil again afterwards my ignorant ass thinking that way i was like well it'll be a waste it's like yeah but i'm going to reuse that soil so it's not a waste it's going to go back into my next mix of soil you know it was the the confusion of not thinking that the cultivar i had was a sativa that was the biggest thing because as it was growing i'm like oh that's right it's still got another two weeks she's still hungry. Like, oh, like I was on week seven, week eight, and I was getting a little yellowing. I was like, only two weeks left. No point to feed. It's like, well, yeah, at that point, it was completely depleted. It needed food. So it's a great point with the organic side. And, and same with if you're going to do the, the flush or the leech, your last two weeks is not on your back of your bottle when it says week eight, stop feeding or whatever. Like, just like P was saying, extend that first two week period in the, like the, your transition veg period or whatever, so to speak, either extend your vegging or extend your flowering nutrients. And, but just know that no matter what, that battery that you have in there only has so much life. And unless you recharge that battery, your plant's not going to be able to stay alive. So it's, it's a great point, Chris. You're inevitably... Well, sorry, yeah. finish, Chris. Uh, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, what do you do in that case? And you kind of touch upon it. Say you, uh, say you think you're growing an eight or a nine weeker, and you've already cut off nutrients, right? You cut off nutrients a week six or week seven. Starting to yellow, and you're like, wait a minute. This is going to go a lot longer than nine weeks. What do I do? Do I continue just feeding it water only? Or do you reintroduce nutrients at the time, right? I think if, uh, if you're going with synthetics, reintroduce the nutrients. I would. I have done that before. And you see the plant start to recover. And it starts to finish up, and then it's good to go. On the organic side of things, Not sure, I wouldn't hesitate uh, going against the top dressing. Teas would be very valuable at that time, right? Where you're trying to boost your microbial population, increase that breakdown. Um, do a tea, 
add a tea in at that point. Maybe that'll help extend that plant so it won't just continue to fade and continue to yellow, continue to deteriorate while it still has two, three weeks left, you know? So, See, yeah, I that's it up. You go, Pete. You're going to talk. Okay, sorry. You have to address it. You have to address it um, because the same thing is in synthetic that I'm going to address the earlier, uh, the longer veg at the beginning. If I get to week eight on my chart, so week 12, 13 of the flower, I'll say 10, 11, 12, and I notice that it's not quite done yet. I'm rinsing and repeating that week eight of nutrients. Just do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And then when it's done, or when at least when you know, and when and we have a, pl- a a plethora of videos in regards to when to identify a proper harvest here on from the stash and as our own uh, on our own channels, you can check those out for more detail. But as you see it start to finish for harvest, that's when you're going to start to make the changes and and wean off, if you will. So yeah, it, it's it, it whether you're going organic or synthetic. I think really the results are the same. Is that you need to take it into consideration, and you need to sh- make sure that for the appropriate time, she's getting the appropriate food. Earlier on, she wants nitrogen. Later on, she's going to want phosphorus. No nitrogen. No calmag, or at least less of. So just take that into consideration. We 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 understand what the feeding schedule is like for these plants just make up for it during that time frame and i think i think you're gonna be okay i think really the only wrench that gets thrown into the equation is when we don't know we have a longer flowering sativa i think that's really it if we know what we're gonna do we're gonna be able to take steps to prevent it or at least take steps to to maximize its potential like we said either by training or double trellising or so on and so forth you know maximize rather than you know lose out yeah, I think, I mean, that's pretty much what I was going to say. So I'm glad I was going to say, as long as you have an idea that this is there, the plant's going to give you those signs. Like you read the plant. Once you can read the, the plant, it's like reading Braille. And everybody know how to do it. But once you figure it out, you can do it, you know, or go get the Torah. Throw, throw your mind for a loop. That one read you. Not only is Hebrew hard to read, but reading it backwards. You start from this side, go that way. Like it's throws you for a loop. But once you learn it, it ain't so hard. It's not that I'm good at that, but for plants, you see certain signs that no matter what it is, you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's not ready. Or, oh yeah, you know, she's hungry or she's depleted in this area. You start to notice these signs. And when you do, if you can address those and attack them properly, knowing what kind of cultivar you have, it makes everything smoother. What a great topic. I'm glad we got into it this week. We, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure that there are things that we didn't think of that people are listening are thinking of. If there are some things that we didn't think of uh, that you have for tips for growing these longer cultivars. Let us know in the comment section below. Love going down there and reading the comments and seeing uh, what else there is to be said about growing longer flowering cultivars. Yeah. I, I, I strongly believe that in, I, I have a belief that there isn't something in nature that doesn't have a cause. There's a reason why these flowers have longer flowering times. And I think we kind of touched on it in regards to terpenes, maybe the cannabinoids in general. Maybe there's things that are developed that just take a little more time that we as breeders and, and, and cultivar, as cultivators haven't f- really figured out yet. So maybe there's something that somebody knows that, that I don't. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. The environment, a lot of it's the environment, like where the, the uh, original land races came from, it had to basically acclimate to that area. So if the time for, like, we need to get Todd on the show. Todd McCormick broke it down. Great. Why we don't I've see I've been talking to him. He's, he's a great dude. He should be here. He, He'll be here soon. We'll get him on. He will be. A he lot of sativas. Reach out to him. See, I'm, everyone here, do it. Everyone. 
everyone. But, uh, everyone. You know, people who are in areas who are gorilla growing outside, they don't have 12 weeks. They need to finish as soon as the season's done, you know? And so that's where a lot of times I feel like nature has, has created these things. And the terpenes are the effect. The cause, environment, the effect is, is the effects we get. And it's a beautiful thing, man. This plant has so many layers to it. And I think that's what uh, keeps us going for hundreds of episodes to keep talking about this with all of our content. I mean, it, science keeps evolving and I'm here for it, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. Great conversation, boys. Uh, if you guys want to see more, as we mentioned, you can follow us twitch.tv slash from the stash. You can check out from the stash.com or stashmerch.com. Check out all the latest merch. I think you might even see a new drop or the one that Chris has on right now. There's all kinds of new stuff. Make, make sure you go check it out. My name is Pigeons. That's ROBCLTV. That's Mr. Grow It. And the, the guy behind the scenes you don't see, but you hear so much of. That's Wink. We appreciate you so much, brother. Until next time. Peace. Peace.